Hello and welcome to the last episode of My Fancy Zamboni before the Christmas period. Um, we are on episode 53 and we are joined again by a full raster, raster, a full raster, <laughs> uh, a full roster. Um, this episode is sponsored by the Jamaican bobsled team. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we had a week, week, week off last week, but we are co- of course joined, as you've just heard, by Dave. So Dave, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Joe. Uh, good evening, everyone else. Uh, how are you, Joe, today? I'm all right, mate. Near Christmas. Um, I had a day off today. I've got a half day tomorrow, so, you know, decent end to the week. Good for you. Yes, the tables have turned. <laughs> Slightly, yeah. Slightly. Griff, how are we? I believe you... Do you have a day off tomorrow? I do, indeed. And I'm going to go on to watch Star Wars. Fair play. Don't give me any spoilers. I will. <laughs> Good, and Andy, hello, how are we? Hello, Joe, can you hear me loud and clear? <laughs> loud and clear with a bit of air there, mate, we can hear you breathing, but yeah, all, all good, I think. <laughs> so we all taking on board the comments about, about um, volume for Andy. Um, I don't know how much we can do, um, but we'll uh, we'll see how we go on. We'll give him a slap, though. We listen to the pundits, we'll give him a slap. slap. He can confirm that he was slapped. No staffers were not during the making oh. of the podcast. <laughs> um, so, uh, two weeks to cover, as I said, a week off last week, um, so our apologies for that. However, we are back in full force this week, as you say, the last one before Christmas. Um, two weeks, Challenge Cup places confirmed. Uh, Nottingham beat Cardiff in overtime, 3-2 this, this weekend, just gone. Uh, the weekend before that, on the Friday game, Manchester, just because we like to say it to make Griff happy, or unhappy, lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> 6-5 in overtime to, uh, to the Glasgow plan. Um, gents, two weeks with the hockey. What are your highlights? I'm going to go with the performance of uh, Wouter Peters uh, of Guildford. Um, when they were signed, it was kind of a... Not really sure what he's uh, meant to be here for, if I'm honest, but he's really been uh, a standout player for the Flames. Um that save against the Panthers, which was a legit save of the week, um, apart from some of them, which are just should have no place there. Um, but he's, he's been really outstanding. He's, he's, he's been the difference maker for the Flames, um, and he's all you know. It's the thing that we mentioned before the podcast that Fullerton needed the uh, the breather. They've now got the keeper playing at the form that's going to give him that. So it's, it's, it's giving Guildford that chance uh, to get in the title race. But uh, my my highlight's been the, seeing them. Peters uh, do the business down at the Flames. So it's a quirky name as well, isn't it? Wooper Peters. What a name. It is, yeah. Fun fact for you before we move on from that, uh, Guildford are actually second in the league on point percentage right now. Just below Cardiff. I think, it was second or third, It was I think it was Cardiff, Guildford, Belfast, uh, Steelers for the top four. Um, so yeah, fun fact. Hey, um, Andy, what was yours? I, I drew one. <laughs> My highlight was Danny Gautier getting a ban. No, it wasn't actually. It was um, David Broll for two or three really, really nice blocks against Manchester. Uh, put his whole body on the line for that one. Uh, just didn't, just didn't care. Just, just, just took it like a, like a champ. So fair play to him. Did really well to, to defend there. Yeah, it was a, it, one of the blocks made it onto plays of the week, though, didn't it? It did, yeah, bless it. 
I was, it, to be fair, that was a cracking flock. Like, was that, was that, was that against Manchester? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, did, nice box. And did Coventry beat you that night as well? Yeah. Whack, whack, whack. We make our own sound effects on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. No um, bad. What was your highlight? The uh, the six five overtime game against Glasgow. It wasn't no. <laughs> I mean, two weeks of hockey, and I go. My highlight is from last night's game. What? what was the what? final result from last night's game? 3 all. So you still haven't beat us in our barn. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. The grim but harsh reality. Go on, sorry, what was what was yours? Yeah, it was Robert Dow's goal against... To make it one all on the night. From where Akati was pretty much stood, you look at it and you thought, yeah, you're not scoring from there. The next minute... He just finds the corner out of nowhere. It was probably one of the best goals of the night, I, I would have thought. To be fair, I have watched the highlight goals that they put on Twitter. Um, I couldn't see how good the goal was because your videos are recorded on a potato. For which, this week, you were charged £15 for the pleasure of watching. Profiteering. I've got to say, though, Griff, I think you're, you and your team are probably the only people that actually have a good view of the whole ice in the whole building. Nah, we don't, actually. We, we can't see the left-hand side at the corner. Have you tried turning your head? <laughs> yeah. Fair play, fair play. I, I am interested, though, before I move on to mine, um, I'm interested to see what Manchester do with their web, webcast price next time round. Is that... I, I, I get the feeling that was just a bit of a bit of inflation, like, oh, you made our fans pay 15 quid, so we're going to make your fans pay 15 quid type thing. The thing is, I can justify 15 quid more for the clear picture and decent commentary from the Steelers webcast than the potato. In fact, it was you that used that phrase, Gref, potato. I was going to say, yeah. So, yeah, interesting. But they didn't look to be much in attendance yesterday either. There didn't seem to be either. From what we got from the box office, it was 995 that were there. But, yeah. I've seen a lot of... Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, 995, not a good... Hitting sub-1,000 is not a great attendance. To be fair, even Coventry tried to brag above 1,000 in that game where there was nobody there. Um, I think for us, it was mainly... Go back to everybody in the burgers from Crosby's. Um... <laughs> hey, oh, um, my highlight is um, another save uh, it was against the Steelers um, and it was Adam Morrison actually made it to the first save of the week um, this week not always a great accomplishment however this one happened to be a really good save um, and in fact I think had um, Dave, Andy and myself all out of our chairs applauding and making weird noises because it was, it was a pretty incredible save um, really, really shut us out on that back door on that one. But we won, so it's fine. Um, yeah, they are highlights. Uh, we move on to airport, uh, arrivals and departure section, and it has to be said, prior warning, there are a lot. Um, you think it was August? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I don't understand, like, this is 
we must be hitting record amounts of players coming in and out a week in I, this year. I reckon clubs are taking advantage of the Ryanair sale. That's the only explanation I can think of. I just, I, I've, I've never seen anything like it. It just doesn't seem to have calmed down. Do you know why? Like, last year we had a fair few where there was no arrivals and departures, or there was one. And then this week we've got what? One, three, four, five, six, nine. Why? Yeah. Um, Andy, I'm going to throw it to you first. It's been um, an arrival and a departure in Sheffield. Has indeed. Um, the arrival of uh, Josef Rabel. He has come from. It's come from uh, HC Predov in the Czech second division. Uh, played eight games, got three assists, 12 playing minutes. Before that, he was playing in the uh, Czech Extra Liga for Trunets uh, and Pardubice. Got some decent, decent points there as well in in in, in a couple of games. Uh, also has Czech international experience in 2016, five games for his international club and one, and one assist. So he's, he's, he's already got some pretty good experience. Uh, also in the KHL with Novosibirsk. So yeah, he looks a decent sign. He's also a Tarzan three round, round eight, number 240 overall draft by the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, looks looks pretty decent. Uh, and the departure, which I, I think we're all in still on about, quite upset about. Uh, since he came in two months ago, he's been a fantastic, he's been a fantastic addition to the blue line, and he's, uh, he's he's made a massive difference in that. To, you know, keep us down to down to a few goals, if if not any, a game. So he was, he was a great player, and it's, it's sad to see him go, but he's got a good good contract in the uh, Liga for Jukaric and that is Miko Kuka basically our answer to Capo Kako yeah played 18 games uh, 3 assists, not the best but his defensive play was just incredible You know, he, defensively amazing and uh, we're all going to miss him I'm certainly not so insensitive, Greg. It's a bit harsh. That's a moment, then. Calm yourself down, Greg. I was having a moment, but let's <laughs> reflect on what you just said there, Greg. I'm still not. Naughty list. Yes, definitely. Uh, would you look at that? We've just lost Greg from the Skype call. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, BT. Oh, just his video. Um... Yeah, um, Kuka was a outstanding signing when he came in and really did the job. And it is a massive loss for us uh, in the context of how he t- turned around the whole defensive unit. He came in, I think, like a week or so after Trotsinski signed, and then to really make difference the defensive call and the way it kind of gone from you know we'll concede five and we'll score six, it actually tightened up. So. You know, the guys back in, I think it's the Mestis League with Jukurit. Um No, Liga. He's in the Liga, my apologies. Um, but no, he's a quality signing, quality skate as well. Um, I wish him all the best. And if we see him again, then, uh, you know, all for it. Um, and so, yeah, Harabal, uh, another signing from the Czech. Um, 
played or experienced with one of our favourite teams, Pelicans. Um, he, he has, you know... Hadn't even clocked that. You know, for nearly 500 games of the Czech top level, minus 45. As a defender, you're going to take that every day of the week in the month of Sundays. Um, KHL and um, top-level Russian experience. So he's, he's played in some decent leagues. Um, reports from last night, uh, you know, he's you know he's settling in well and it's, it's looking like he's, he's going to do well for us. So all being well, he'd be like his fellow uh, countryman Transinsky who has really settled in. It's just a shame that we haven't got uh, a cartoon or a uh, action man that we can uh, name uh, after him at this moment in time. As long as they do his picture better than they've done cola miners on the screen, I'll <laughs> be happy. It looks like David Dickinson took over. Jesus Christ. You look more orange than Donald Trump. I think you'll find that's fake news. Oh. And swimming back away from political agenda. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, other than I'll not miss him? Oh, yeah, I won't miss him because... As a, a fan of the opposition, he was always uh, he was always there to to stop your players from trying to score. He was a really good shutdown D-man. He was one of the players that you really dislike coming against. Get your mind out of the Joe. And you, Star. <laughs> Sorry. Mate, you Seriously, opened the game. We just, we just went in. <laughs> Well, I have one question though. Did he score past Ben Bounds at any point? Because if so, yeah. if he didn't, uh, Miko. Because if, 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 if he didn't. Oh, God, who yeah. is this? Then he's definitely like Kaku Kaku, though. Yeah, true. Right, but. Last night's performance, he was. I laughed at first. He was wearing ninety-seven, so the first person that comes to my head was Conor McDavid. And then, looking on social media, it was like Marit Pinch. So obviously, you'll probably get the the songs that you've all sang at playoffs one year. One year. Several years. Multiple years. Even to this day. Correct. He does look like a pretty good shut down Demon but he's also one that is going to be throwing the body about because last night was pinch, then I was going to say no he looks like the guy from he looks like he could be a good still a signing for you guys I mean I'm sure Aaron's done a, a lot of research on him and I'm pretty sure it's probably that signing was done a few weeks before before it got announced I'm guessing Miku was already like yeah I'm going back to Liga well it was announced the same night that they announced that uh, Kuku were leaving so I I'd put some ground on, on that one mate um, gotta say 10 out of 10 for, for creeping up onto Kuku after your insensitive comments um, so I'll, I'll give you that well, I'm just recovering from Gref trying to throw me under the bus. Um, however, uh, yeah, no, I, I think um, with Kuka, certainly a D-man that will miss. Um, 
18 games, three assists, plus four. I mean, to be fair, they're pretty good stats. Plus four with only with three, with three assists. And to be fair, he was the guy you didn't really notice that much in the games. Like he'd make some decent, he'd make a decent hit, or he'd get a guy in the corner and make a decent poke check, or you know, play a decent shutdown game. But on the whole, he was the guy that you didn't notice as much as as others, which is always a good characteristic to have as a D man. If you if you're not being noticed, then you're not making a mistake. So you're obviously doing a decent job. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if they had some interest in trying to get him back next season. I think one of the big reasons that he wanted to go back home was because his, his family was back home and, and hadn't come over with him. So obviously if he's getting offers to go back home, play back home and be with his family, then he's obviously going to take that. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if we tried to get him and bring his family over for a full season at some point. Just his send-off as a whole, the, you know, the way that he's skated around the ice, the guy that's played 18 games, he came in part part way through the season, he's leaving again, he's owning a short-term contract, and he's skated around the ice, he waved off the fan base, he, he, was holding the, he was holding the logo of the jersey. You know, he was a guy that played for the club. It doesn't matter if he played five, five games, 18 games, or a full season. Like, he played for the club. And there was a fair bit, if, if the media sources are to be believed, there's a fair bit of woman in R as to whether he was going to go. Because um, he was initially supposed to go at one point, then he extended his contract so he could play in Belfast. Then he extended it again by a game so he could play against um, Five in that was it Five in the midweek game. That was Manchester. And, oh yeah, Manchester. Yeah. So then, then again, extended it. So and I think it was an article in the Star that said he may have stayed. Um, he went out and said it's not about the money at this point in his career. Um, it needs to fit. He wants to play for a team that wants to win, but also obviously his family situation is important as well. So wouldn't surprise me if we saw him back. Um, certainly wouldn't be disappointed. And then we could have our CHL champion back on the team again. Um, Harabal looks decent. Um, I think that was the I think that was the signing that we expected to be announced when we were told there was a special signing at the end of the game. Um, Felt a little bit deflating at the end of the Manchester game, to be perfectly fair. Um, they said, oh, everybody stay around. We've got a special announcement. Everybody's thinking, oh, we've made a sign-in. And then they went, oh, Kuka's leaving. And it was like, OK, give him time to, you know, to thank the fan base and thank the team. But we all knew he was leaving. It's not really a special, a special announcement, but... And then the drive home and your phone buzzes and says that we've signed Rabble. So it just seemed a little bit strange. Um, but yeah, stat-wise, as you say, a lot of experience in the Czech League. AHL, KHL, Liga. Um, played for Russia, as you say. Played um, yeah, played for Czech Republic. So yeah, a lot of experience. Looks to be a decent player. I don't think we've seen enough of him yet to comment either way or the other. Um, I think, obviously, first couple of games, finding your feet. Didn't notice him much in the game that we saw him play. I couldn't honestly say whether that was because he played bad, well, whether because he played well as a D-man or because he didn't get much ice time. Uh, but a big unit as well. Uh, his description is, he's a defenseman with good puck skills and passing ability, also skates well and could play a more physical game. So six foot three, oh, sorry, six foot two coming in, could play physically. 
second physical D-man going, going with Tronchinski. Like the sound of that. Um, and, yeah, Czech Extra League, most assists and most points for a defenceman in 2012-13. So, brings a lot to the table. Um, moving on from the Steelers signings, we've had a few in Dundee, and I'm going to throw it out to Griff for that one. Mainly because I don't want to pronounce one of the names. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I- I'll go with the easy one first. So, Dundee have signed Matt Carter. Played for Panthers in 2016-17. I think that was the year they won the Conti Cup. Or the Challenge Cup, as you want to say sometimes, Joe. Throw me under the bus again, Griff. We're going to fall out, mate. We don't like that term, remember? Well, don't do it. Revolving door. Oh, that's even worse. Played in France for the part for 17, 18, and the 18, 19 season. Put up some pretty decent numbers. 39 games, one season with 32 points. Season after that, 44 games, 39 points. This season is played for two teams, one in the Alps Hockey League and then one in Poland. In the Alps League, he put in eight points in eight games, which is pretty decent. And then in Poland, three games, zero points. Going off what the social media said, from the Panthers fans. They were just all laughing, apparently, from what I was see- what I could see. So I'm assuming their recollection was he wasn't that really good. But it's probably a, it could probably help Dundee a lot, although with two of the releases they've done, especially one of them, it's kind of a surprise. One of the really the the main the surprising release was Algin Pierce. He, every time you watched, he seemed like a, a dangerous player. He was he was always trying to force your demon into making a mistake to try and score. Twenty five games, eighteen points for a, a team that's I think it's currently at the bottom of the league. That's still pretty decent numbers. And then they announced the signing of a forward, Alec Shunborn. I probably destroyed that name, but it's me, so what do you expect? I mean, people didn't hear me trying to talk French in Slovakia. I did. Unfortunately. He... Alex has come from the East Coast Hockey League. He played for Orlando Solar Bears last season. 47 games, 26 points. Pretty decent going. He was drafted in the third round, 72 overall in 2014 by San Jose. And he seems to be... He's only played 35 games in total in the AHL. Six points. I'm not too sure what to think about him as of yet. I mean, it's probably a, a wait and see signing. And then to wrap it all up, they announced the release of Justin 
Malin, who's actually staying in Dundee to complete his university course, which, I mean, fair play to him, he's actually sticking around in Dundee instead of going playing hockey somewhere else in the in the world. This season he's played 25 games and got 18 points as well. He's played pretty much every position for Dundee at the, apart from obviously defence and goaler. He's left wing, right wing, centre. With the injuries that they've had are fans. I was surprised they released him. But not as surprised when it was more of a surprise for the Elgin Pierce part than for Justin, but fair play. I mean, Pasha's showing, yeah, something needs to change. The These transactions baffle me. Um, like you said, the um, the, one, the signs that have come in, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I remember Carter didn't pull up any trees for me, if I'm honest. Um, they both look a bit of a more showborn than the Carter, but it's, it's a body. Let's get him in. It's going to help us out. That's fine. Uh, Pierce and Mail and I, I thought were doing a, a decent job for Dundee. Um, so their release doesn't make sense. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss as to, to how all the thinking behind Pasha. We look at other teams and the, the changes they've made, they've, they've identified something. They've identified a weak link in their team, what they believe is a weak link, and they've made the changes. I'm not sure you can really say that with this transaction, with, with what Dundee have done. But, you know, Pasha is, the, you know, he's, he's renowned for bringing in, uh, you know, the odd rough diamonds, so who knows? This could be a bit of a masterstroke. On, on paper, though, for me, I'm, I'm not sure it is. I, I just wonder if there's something else behind it all. That means they've had to re- you know, release a couple of people and bring in, you know, maybe maybe cheaper people. I don't know. It's and, then I'm, and that's speculation bit. It's just I suppose that's the only thing for me would make a bit of sense as to how it's all how these changes have been made. Hey, very surprised about uh, Elgin Pierce. Definitely one of the one of the top. 20, well, well, 10 players I'd, I'd probably say in the league. Just fantastic for them. They're high, one of the highest point scorers. And it just doesn't make sense why they'd let him go. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming they let him go because he's staying uh, in Dundee at this moment. So, it's just, yeah, it's it's very strange. Very sad to see him go. I think he made a massive impact for Dundee. But hopefully, you know, the new guys that come in will do this is going to job, if not better. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, you guys have pretty much said it all. Really, really surprised to get rid of Pierce. Uh, Malin, too, to be fair, they were both on 18 points from 25 games. Um, Pierce put in more goals. He, uh, Pierce was 9 plus 9, uh, Malin was 5 plus 13. But two good guys for the Stars. Um, I agree with you, Dave. There seems to be something a bit more behind this. It, it just seems a little bit. It just seems a little bit odd. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at their stats and and their top point scorers, and I'm seeing people that like imports that you could have got rid of that were on lower points before you'd have got rid of Pierce and, and Malin. Um, 
you've got to think that that Price has got to be there. I mean, maybe they're thinking that maybe the wage that somebody like Pierce was on justified more points than 18 in 25 games. I don't know. I, I, it's not the, you know, there, there could be other things that we're not seeing. We don't watch them week in, week out. Um, you know, maybe it's a case that they were bad influences in the dressing room. Maybe it was a case that they weren't keeping fitness. Um, Example-wise, top point scorer for Steelers when they got rid of Corey Pecker, but he wasn't in the shape that they wanted to get rid of, like that he wanted to be in. Granted, that was earlier on, but maybe there were influences like that. I don't, I don't know. It, it just it surprised me when I saw Pierce's name. Malin, not so much, but Pierce, and it surprised me. I suppose I think, it, I think it could be more what you just said in terms of something else. That's maybe not just uh, the money side of it, because their average attendance is up. They're yeah. getting more people through the doors at Dundee. So maybe it's just Pasha saying, you know what, you're not adhering to what I'm wanting. I don't care if you're the top, top point scorers. Could yeah. be that. Uh, I hope it is, if I'm honest. In the context of, you know, it's it's something that... You don't want to see a team struggling. To... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I'd rather that than uh, um, actually we've got nothing to pay. So again, You don't want to get ourselves in a David Rutherford, Ryan Hayes coming from Edinburgh halfway through the season type stuff to try and get the wages down. Um, yeah, the two guys they've signed. Um, Carter, I don't really remember, to be fair, um, but not really a good sign. I, I think from your, op- your opposition teams, you only, see, you only tend to really stick in the mind of the, the people that um, had a big impact. So to be fair, it's not a good sign. Um, as, as you said, Gref, I've seen a number of Panthers fans on, on social media None of them seem to be in the position of, oh, why didn't we re-sign him? So um, maybe that's a bit of an indication for you. I think most people said, um, I saw somebody ask the question, what can we expect? And somebody said, a nice guy and a good smile. And that was about it. So who knows? (laughs) But keeps the fans happy. unheard of for a player to come in after a few seasons off and make a bigger impact than expected. So maybe this is the guy that comes in and, you know, on a Nottingham team in 2016-2017, you know, they were pushing, I, I can't remember specifics, but they, you know, they, Nottingham are a team that are hoping to push for silverware every year, and to be fair, they'll have a few standout guys, and we say this all the time, is that you often saw players stand out, like Ryan Hayes, as I just said, was the top point scorer when he played for Edinburgh, because he was the standout guy that played for them, they weren't three lines of players that were all pushing for the points. He came to Sheffield and his point production changed completely. So you never know. For Carter, it may be a case of actually I'm coming into a Dundee team that's underperforming a little bit. I'll give him the spark they need and I, I'm the one that can then stand out a little bit more. I don't I don't know. Um, Alex Scheinburn, or however we're saying his name, um, he's 10 days younger than me, which is bizarre. Um, I'm asking the question, why is a 24-year-old that was drafted in the third round playing in the Elite League? That's the main question that stands out to me. He's dabbled in the, played a few seasons in the WHL, dabbled in the AHL for a few few games. Nothing particularly noteworthy, less than than 0.5 points per game in the ECHL over 97 games. So, I don't know. Again, another player that might make a difference. You, you don't always look for the players with the stats to make the difference. When we signed Tronchinski and we signed Kuka, 
they weren't necessarily stat-wise the players that you looked at and went, these are going to make a massive impact. And within a week of us signing both of those and them coming in, the team changed drastically. So whether it's whether these guys are going to bring some new mentality, whether it's going to give them a, a kick up the backside that they've lost two of the, the higher performing players as well, I don't know. I, I, again, Dave, you've said it. I mean, um, it does have a bit of a knack for bringing in the guys that you don't necessarily expect to be good, and actually afterwards you go, oh, actually, it was a bit of a diamond in the rough. So maybe that's what we're going to see. Um, yeah. Again, agree with Gref as well. Wait and see signing there. Yeah, it's also the fact that why is how come he's not actually played hockey this season so far for another yeah. team? It's December. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of things with that one that I just think are bizarre. But as I said, whenever I see anybody that's that's 24 or that kind of age and third round draft as well, that's that's. It's not a bad 70, 72nd overall. It's not bad going. So to then be falling the way through the cracks in the ECHL and then into the Elite League, that's a little bit of a worrying sign. Played, he played 47 games for Orlando last year, so I don't know if he had any injury. But Say, so it could, could be injury. That's, you know, when he was younger, it's kind of just when he's been injured, others have taken the spots that he's never had the chance to take advantage of the, the kind of the third round draft sort of um, level that was given to him I don't know it's uh, it's a bit baffling to have yeah. someone at that high but you know draft picks kind of can be so um, deceptive um, you know going back many many years you had a guy called Scott Allison gets uh, drafted very highly by the uh, Edmonton Oilers um, and then he found his way into the UK um, so it, it, it's not applied science, but you know, like you said, like you both said, it's it's strange as to how he's not played more of a higher level than his draft level suggests. Just reading through the, the um, press release on it on the Dundee site, see if they mention anything about his in, about why he's not played at the start of the season. But there doesn't seem to be any mention. He's wearing number twenty-two, so he's wearing a good number. Um, other than that, yeah, wait and see. In a few weeks' time, we might be back on here saying, oh, actually, he's a really good signing and he scored 10 goals in his first four games. You never know. <laughs> um, the last two in, or three even, in the airport section, I'm going to throw over to Dave for it. It's one Belfast and then a change in Coventry, mate. So we'll, we'll start with Coventry. No, we're not. We'll go Belfast. We'll flip it up there. Um, they've brought in, uh, I don't know, uh, Rickard Palmberg, uh, Swedish forward. Um, I like the way you said that, like you knew him. And like, Rickard Palmberg, really? Yeah, yes, he's a number four on the speed down there. Um, you look at his stats and look at his teams he played for, he's not the type of signing that so far Belfast have made in terms of resume. He, this, is, this, this season's the first time he's played outside of Sweden. However, you look at you know the Division One Sweden and then the Alsvenska. He actually a good point production. Uh, I'm assuming the, he's like last. I'm, I'm guessing he's the third tier of Sweden. Um, he's 1.09 points per game. Um, in the Alsvenska, he's 0.67 points per 
points per game, and that's over 120 games in the Alsvenska, 240 games in Division 1. So in terms of a relative direct level comparison to the Elite League, I think these signings will be, sorry, this signing will be actually very good and give that spark to Belfast, who are coming up a bit short recently. They've been shut out three times in the last five games. Um, sorry, Belfast fans. Yeah, sorry, not sorry, Joe. Um, so he could, you know, do something and help him out. Um, his, his resume started the season in uh, Barani's Lynn in the Czech uh, Extra Liga, and now he's in Belfast. Who knows? I, it's uh, I, I I get the vibe, and then look at this stats. He could be the one that just you know unlocks the potential in that Belfast team. Um, but I, th- I think there's also an element of a, a wait and see as well, because it's like I say, it's his first year outside of Sweden playing hockey at all. Um, so then we will now go to Coventry, um, and they made a change with the goalies. Yeah, yeah, someone has to. Uh, and they've they've released or. He's asked to be released, uh, Jamie Phillips, who you look at his stats this year, uh, 24 games, 3.94 goals against, and a save percentage of 88.4. But from when we've watched Phillips, them stats don't tell the story. Because Phillips has actually been the guy that's kept them in the game. He's given them a chance to win. He's given them a chance to get points. And I, I, I look at this and I think... Was it a case of Phillips going, you know what, I'm not being helped out here, I'm going elsewhere. And um, and pursue, we're going to pursue elsewhere in another team. Um, I, I felt he was a decent goalie. Uh, he regularly uh, made the, the top saves segment. So it's, it's a bit of a surprise one. Uh, but their replacement, I'm not going to lie, is a bit underwhelming for me. Uh, a guy called CJ Motter, um, who started the season or left Innsbruck. Um, and you look at his, his, his resume again and the teams he played for. He's only, you know, 17 games in the AHL, and it was constant call-ups. He's not had a stint to the AHL. Um, seasoned East Coast player, uh, averaging around sort of 2.2 goals against, roughly, uh, in the games that he's played in the East Coast. So... I, if I'm honest, in, in looking in comparison to when we looked at Phillips when he, he, he signed, I think they've downgraded. However, if you're playing, you know, the amount of games he has played in, in sort of the East Coast with that type of goals against, there's something about you. There's something that will give him that competitive edge. Uh, you see, left Innsbruck, not the best of stats, uh, 16 games uh, over four goals against and uh, eight 87.9% saves um, so <sighs> wait and see but I think Coventry may have just uh, downgraded on their net minded yeah I, I agree on that with the Coventry I am as you mentioned with Jamie Phillips he looked like he was the he was the, the guy that was stopping the games from getting into at least double figures sometimes. Watching him when he played when Blaze played against Storm, he kept the minutes so many times. And watching highlights when he's played against you guys or Clan, for example, he was he was probably their best player. So when we found out it it didn't release for like say 
what now? <laughs> Why? And then, with the replacement, CJ, what? Oh, Connor James, as he's called on Elite Poshbots. The picture shows he's wearing uh, a Buffalo Sabres jersey, but I'm assuming that was probably from like a training camp. Because he did play for our East Coast team, the Emerald Jackals, at one point. As well as playing for the Islanders AHL team, Bridgeport. He does seem to be a bit of a downgrade. But in this league, he could be. He might be pretty decent if he gets the help in defence. With the signing for Belfast, the one thing that I first saw when I, I checked his stats on EP was was that photo. It looks like he's a nineties football hooligan. That's the first thing I thought. Oh, it's something you'd see in like one of the Danny Dyer films, like Green Street or something. Then again, looking at his penalty minutes in Division 1, yeah, that could sum it up 301 penalty minutes in 243 games. Stats-wise, in, in Sweden, he looks... He could be a good point scorer. Well, he was a good point scorer in Sweden, but... Not too sure if he'll do it in the Elite League, but then again, you should have some good coverage up. He'll have some good players on to play with. He's apparently he's going off what his stats are is uh, an offensive centre with great stick handling skills. So maybe he puts up the points with assists. Yeah, I um I think this one's a uh, an interesting one. I I think. Rickard Palmberg, I think, is... Uh, I don't see what he adds to the Belfast roster. I really don't. Um, it's just a strange one. I mean, I don't, have, don't really have a great deal to say about it, to be fair. Al Spenskin, so could have a bit of speed to his game. But in terms of... I mean, I, I just don't think there's a great deal of uh, that he's going to bring to that team. It's just... It, I mean, in his comments and in, in, in his profile on, on Elite Prospects, he's going to... An offensive centre with great stick handling skills, creative and skates well, somewhat lacking in size though. Um, then I really don't see why. I think, again, I've said this before, I think these kind of signings to bolster the team and bring something when the team's down, it's showing why they're bringing a cap in on imports. Um, again, the Steelers, again, the reason that the signings have been made are showing that there's some need sometimes, injury cover, things like that. But I just, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jamie Phillips, they you summed it up. I said it before we came on. Like he was a difference maker in a lot of games for when we played Coventry. I felt that he kept Coventry in the game a lot of the time, and I think when we lost against Coventry, I thought he was a big difference. Um, so just strange. And then you get CJ Mott who. I mean, his stats are that dotted that I think they're just it's difficult to get any idea as to what he's actually like. Um, on loan to Charlotte Checkers, on loan to Chicago Wolves, on loan to Iowa Wild, all in the same season. Didn't play for Chicago or Iowa. 
you know, and then played 36 games with Quad City Mallards. Like that, just as an example, 17-18, the same, Quad City Mallards, loan to the Wolves, loan to the Wild, loan to the Stockton Heat, played nine games in total in the AHL that season. I just think it's too difficult to gauge. Um, I, I don't, I, the one thing that stands out to me is a 4.9, 4.09 goals against average, but 87 Point nine save percentage. If he's letting in four goals per game, but he's he's getting a save percentage of eight, just under eighty eight percent. You'd have thought he'd be facing a lot of shots there, surely. Because eighty eight percent. Now I mean, yes, we're sub ninety percent. Eighty eight percent doesn't shout four four goals on on average a game. But I, I don't know. We'll wait until all three of them. Um, don't really have anything to add. Um, so we'll move on from the airport section and I'll throw it over to Andy on this one because it's his favourite player um, it stops it's Danik Gauthier so Andy off, off you pop it is indeed Danik Gauthier at the absolute bay um, basically an incident happened uh, in Dundee on the 7th of December involving Danny Gauthier and uh, Stars 27, Sean Boutin. Uh, no penalty was assessed by the referee, uh, but after review from the part of player safety, they determined that discipline was is required, and it is under Category 2, reckless. Some might, some might agree with that, some might not. Uh, deemed as a deliberate and or dangerous action with no concern for the result with a conscious action to provoke, no intent and a willful purpose. Uh, so there was no injury and therefore uh, no factor in, in this, but um, it was a bit silly, I think. Um, just, you could see him, uh, you know, just sort of almost with a charge towards him, but then he, he just leaps in the air, he just jumps and uh, puts his whole body into the um, sort of upper body region of of uh, Bhutan, and especially when it's against the boards as well. Uh, so it was very very silly. Uh, they gave it as, as a charging penalty, and they've uh, said that it's be two games a two game suspension. So I probably say that's about that's about right two games. Yeah, I'd agree. Um... And with with Andy's assessment that it's it's silly it's it's daft and I think the charge call is how he changes the direction of where he was skating to make the hit so it's clearly gone uh, for the person and it's it's a it's not a good hit whatsoever um, but no I, I agree I think Dops has got back to being consistent and we've all said apart from one or two weeks that they've not hit the mark on the calls this one I think they have um, so. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll serve a suspension and he'll get to see his favourite player back on the ice soon. Yay. I mean, watching the, the video for it, it, yeah, two games is definitely it. What I would give anyway, it's, I'd certainly say it is reckless. I mean, he's charged at the player and then as he's gone to throw the hit, he turned his back to him. And actually, whilst he's gone for the hit as well, his skates leave the ice. So he's 
definitely just showed no intent. Just going, yeah, I'm going to stay at you and just hit you. I'm not really bothered about anything else. Yeah, I think, yeah, two games is probably spot on. Griff, you seem to be having a bit of a problem with your voice breaking a little bit today. <laughs> it might just be the internet. Could be the internet. I was going to say, it's not, it sounded like it then. Um, I, I threw myself off then. Um, I know I agree two games is, is probably adequate for this one. Um, I, I, ironically, is one where I wouldn't have minded if it had been categorised as careless. Um I think the bottom line is it's it's a it's a it's a it's a bad hit, isn't it? It's, it's a bad mistake. It's a badly timed hit. I think the, the determining factor for me, the reason that I can see why two games has been given, is he leaves his feet, um, jumps into the hit. I think he almost like he almost turns his back towards him. He almost has to go like Nick Backstrom on him and uh, hit him with the back rather than the shoulder. I think that's. that's probably one of the reasons that he's not able to aim his hit quite as well. But the one thing I disagree with on there is it says shows no intent for the puck. And I think whilst he's not trying to dispossess the player, he's not trying to get the puck off the player per se, he does have the puck or the puck is with the player when the hit is made. So I don't think there's such a disregard for the puck. I think realistically, when you're considering hockey, that you can legally hit a guy with the puck on his stick to try and force a turnover in possession. To say he shows no regard for the puck, I think isn't necessarily accurate. The puck is with the player that he hits, whether it's on his stick or not, isn't necessarily relevant to, to a high extent. It's not like he's going to hit a guy where the puck's nowhere near him. Um, but... It's relatively, you know, it's move. It's a two-match ban. I think, I, I think they've got that right. I just, I just don't agree with that part. But um, he's had his slap on the wrist. He's served his suspensions. Um, you know, job done. Um, the next thing that I have on my list is the Challenge Cup, not the Conti Cup. Thanks for pointing out that I get those two mixed up again, Greg. Um, no problem. But yeah, the Challenge Cup. Um, we have now found out, well, the, the positions for the final, the semi-final, I guess not the final, positions for the semi-final have been confirmed. Uh, we've got Steelers Glasgow and Nottingham Cardiff. I think the Steelers fan base kind of held their breath as they thought they might have got another matchup against the Panthers. But no, it's uh, Steelers Glasgow, Nottingham Cardiff. Steelers beat Manchester 8-5 on aggregate. Yes, that's 8-5, Greth. Um Cardiff won 5 0 on aggregate across two games against Belfast. Belfast tweeted out actually yesterday before the game to say, Can you put your prediction in for your first scorer? Um, that did not age well. Um, it's that today, but it's after the lover again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Glasgow won 5 2 on aggregate against Dundee. And finally, Nottingham won 8 6 on aggregate against Guildford. Um, what do we reckon? Well, it's a shame to not see Manchester in the semi-finals. However, um, I would have said, said many of the people in the ring, but there weren't many. Um, Gref, yeah. Gref's looking my way. Semi-final? What's one of those? So I, I'm, a Manchester, I'm a Manchester and a Buffalo fan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Well, he's got the football semi-finals to look forward to in the League Cup. You know, the... Uh, gives him Another some... derby. Another derby, there you go. Um, from a Sheffield perspective, there were the nerves of, was three goals enough to go to Manchester? Job well done by Sheffield. They've not... As, as Gref mentioned, we haven't won at uh, Altrigan for, I think it's seven games on the trot now. Um, so to get away with a... To come out with a positive result, job well done. Uh, Panthers held on. A late surge from Guildford. But the damage done in the first leg. Um, Dundee may have regretted picking Glasgow. Who knows? Um, and then Cardiff just doing one over Belfast. Um, gotta say. Five over on Belfast. Well, you know, I'll try to be nice. Um, I've got to say, my highlight of that, that tie over 120 minutes is uh, Blair Riley waving off uh, Farn when he got uh, thrown out. So if you haven't seen the video on YouTube, look for it. It is quite amusing. In particular, given that they play each other this weekend. So that could be an entertaining game to watch. Um, but no. Um, uh, so yeah, Sheffield Glasgow. Um, Sheffield, 16 years and counting since the last Chance Cup win. Uh, Glasgow were this stage last year in the, the semi finals. Uh, Nottingham and Cardiff, good tie. I think that'll be. Um, Cardiff will have the pressure they want to go back to the final in, in the uh, at the Viola Arena. Um, and the Panthers will want to win something. Um, so I think we're going to have two decent uh, ties um, culminating in the, uh, the, the, the Grand Final Challenge Cup on the 8th of March. I think, yeah, for uh, the well, for our game last night, I think that was a, actually a pretty decent game. I mean, yeah, it was 3 all, but you saw big hits, some good goals, some good saves. So, all in all, it was actually a pretty decent game. Um, I think the one we're mostly all surprised at was Belfast losing without even scoring a single goal. That is pretty surprising, but I'm sure Cardiff fans will not let them live, will not let them live it down, and especially Blair Riley as well. I must admit that video was quite funny, where he's just waving off Bobby Farnham, and Farnham just looks at him and then just turns around. I'm sure Pash will be thinking, yeah, maybe we should have picked Skilford, or yeah, we should have picked Manchester. Instead of picking Glasgow, who had just turned them over. I, I think, personally, I think it will probably be a Steelers-Cardiff final. But with Cardiff winning it on home ice. Yeah, uh, two very interesting some of our matchups. Uh, Sheffield's a uh, pretty tough one. Uh, well, for both Glasgow and Sheffield with the travel included in that. So there's going to be some bus legs um, before that game. But Nottingham Cardiff, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that'll be a good one. You know, Nottingham have really up their tempo recently. They've got a good form going and they could easily roll over a, a, a very strong Cardiff team. So it is, it is open to anyone. Um, I thought Sheffield, maybe if Manchester had more fans in that building, maybe you know it'd be a, a little bit tougher. 
with a uh, atmosphere, but there was none. So maybe that that was what we uh, needed to to see ourselves through. Um, yeah, just just disappointing that Belfast just couldn't even get a single goal. It's like they weren't even interested at, at all. And you look at the additions they made in in, in Goodwin and, um, and players, players like that. You'd think they'd be more up for it, especially after after the first leg. It, it was a one goal game, one goal game, and that's all it was. And they come into this game, they come into Cardiff, and they just get rolled over, rolled over by four goals, and they can't score one. It's 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 strange to see from a Belfast team who have been pretty good last season, and they had. I've had a few, you know, hiccups here and there this year, but to not even get a goal is is very strange from from a team like Belfast. So, yeah, but still, it makes a very interesting semi final. It does, yeah. I mean, um, Glasgow, Dundee, we obviously already knew. Um, Glasgow, uh, well, Dundee picking Glasgow right off the bat. Um, a team that they'd come up against multiple times but had beaten every time. Glasgow started as they meant to go on because the weekend after that, Glasgow won. And um, I don't think any of us expected any other result on that one, to be fair. Um, I fully expected to see Glasgow go forward from that. Um, Manchester Steelers, I, I thought we were, I wanted a four-goal cushion, if I'm honest. I, I went into that game saying I want four. Um and to be fair, I was a bit miffed off because their second goal was a gift of a rebound from Duva. And realistically, you know, if it hadn't been for that, we'd have had a nice four-goal four cushion. I'd have been comfortable. Goal comes in pretty early for Manchester yesterday, one 0 and you're kind of thinking, here we go. You know, they could easily run the scoring up here, um, but just controlled well. And I, I, you know, I didn't watch the game. Like to think, and I said this before, I thought we stood a good chance if we played it defensively like that first shutout game against Belfast. You know, keep them to the perimeter, don't let them in our zone for too long, just keep that puck moving, keep that keep that puck in their zone. We needed Manchester to come to us yesterday, and I think that's the that, I think that's the defining characteristic in that game. For us, there was no pressure as long as we weren't letting them score. We weren't needed to push ourselves to get on that scoring sheet as long as we kept them off it. And I think that was the I think that was a big factor for the team is that they could change the game plan there. Um I can say Joe, it as soon as we as soon as we got our first goal, I think Brocklehurst did pretty well. He just he had the puck in the right face off dot and just stayed there. Yeah. And say, come and get it. Yeah. I think I, I genuinely think that was the game plan from the off. Was just we've got his goal cushion, we sit on it. You you guys score, we go one one. You know we kept it close and we didn't try and run away with it. There was no point. There's no point in trying to force goals at one end and, and then and making errors. There's no point in trying to force things and, and ending up with injuries. Let you guys come towards and you know we all know what we need to do. What it did kill the momentum that we would have yeah. got from that goal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, Cardiff, Belfast. The less said about that, the better. I think for Belfast fans, that just wow. I, I think we've, we're giving Belfast a bit of a discredit on that. It was a one-nil first game, so a tough game for both teams in that game. 
you know, in a game that could have gone either way, fair play. But then a 4-0 blowout in the next game. If you're Belfast, you're just fighting to get a goal in that game just to get on the score sheet in that in that matchup. 120 minutes against the team in the tournament and you're putting up zero goals. I, I, I think that's Belfast's downfall this year. I, I think... As a team, they're good. You know, they're good. They've got a decent netty. Well, decent netties in Shane Owen um, slash Shane Owen Murphy and um, and Stephen Murphy. You know, they've got some decent defenders. They've got they've got a good team. But for me, they're structured very similar to. They're almost like the um, they're almost like the Islanders of the Elite League this year. They're not a high scoring team. And well. You know, in dribs and drabs, in certain games they've run away with it, but I think that's where they lack in games. They're lacking in that offense too many times as a team that won the league last year. They've already been shut out multiple times this year. You don't see that regularly. You don't even regularly see a team get shut out that often. To be fair, like once, like I'm pretty sure there's probably there's probably a, a couple of teams at least that can finish a season without being shut out nowadays. So to go, what, is, what was it, Dave? Three and five? Three, three games in five. Yeah. That's, that's just bananas. That's and, also, and it's also against teams at the top end. So Cardiff twice and us. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of, it's bad, you know, when you're competing with these teams for silverware and they're shutting you out. Shutouts, being shut out is bad enough, but yeah. against your, your direct rivals, it's, uh, yeah, stings a bit more for them. Well, that must be four in... Not many. They're four in seven or eight, and surely, because we we didn't shut them out that long ago in our building. I'm not sure the exact, but that was the last one I saw stat wise. Yeah. It was three and five. five. But yeah, their uh, their um, output in terms of goals is is dried up. It's like a bit like the Sahara Desert at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, and then Nottingham. It would have been nice, we were saying this yesterday, Dave, it would have been nice if Guildford could have just got one more and just make Nottingham nervous. Just, you know, they had that nice fight. Was it 5-1 the first game? Nice fight, yeah. cushion. It would have been nice if Guildford could have just popped one more in, closed that goal difference to one and just made them sweat a little bit. But um, to be fair, I mean, again, Nottingham did what we did to an extent. They got their goal cushion. They knew what they needed to do. They sat on that. Job done. Um, I agree with Gref. I think I think Steelers, Cardiff in the final. I know, Dave, I think you said you thought Nottingham were going to get the win over Cardiff, didn't you? I, I can see it happening. Um, just because of the way the Panthers have, have turned things around. Um, and then Q, if it is a Sheffield Langham final, Q all the, why is it in a 3,000-seat arena? It should be moved the final, blah, 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 blah. Um, so looking forward to that bit. Um, or if it's Cardiff, why are they holding in a home venue? It should be a neutral venue. I'm looking forward to them uh, reactions afterwards. I, I My money's on a Sheffield Langham final. I, I also I wouldn't discount Glasgow, though. We've had trouble against Glasgow this year. Um I wouldn't. I agree with you. It will be tough. It won't be. Won't be easy whatsoever. Yeah. I think, thankfully, we're having the second leg at home, uh, and I just think if we can keep it to, if we lose in Glasgow, keep it to one or two goals, we sell. You know, we get six, seven, eight thousand in the for a five-pound game. I just think that momentum will take us over. We're not a team that don't score goals. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think the other thing to keep in mind is as well with Glasgow is they've, they've kind of let it slide a little bit from the start of the season. The start of the season, they set themselves up really, really strong. Um, I think they're now in sixth in the league now. So they're dropping down the table a little bit. So, you know, Sheffield might be able to catch a break if they're, um, you know, if they can catch him sleep. But I think the first couple of goals to, to either team in that game makes the difference. Um, they're both teams that once they get a bit of goal scoring under their belt, they can carry on and carry on. Um, they showed it against us when they played us. In, what was it? They, they went up 5-0 or something like that in the first couple of periods. What was it? 4-5-0, something like that. They went up in our barn. It ended up being much closer, but I think I think we're both teams that once you get a goal early on in the game, you thrive off that confidence, and I, I think it'll be interesting. The first couple of goals in that game make all the difference. Um, yeah, but it'll be interesting. Go on, so go on, and we'll go around now. We're into the semi-finals. Who's gonna Who's gonna be lifting the silverware? Who's gonna be lifting the challenge cup? Uh, well, you said mine, Cardiff. You did. You were right. 16-year wait will end. <laughs> it ends. It's going to end. Sheffield are going to win it. I can't see anyone else but Cardiff. Yeah, sorry, Dave. You're outvoted on that one. <laughs> I, will, I will be happy to be on my own if, if uh, Jonathan Phillips has slapped silverware, mate. I shall remind you three. And I'm sure two of you'll be glad for me to remind you. I was going to say, I, I will. You won't care if you're wrong on that one. <laughs> I will happily go with the theory of um, expect expect the negative, and if the positive happens, then it's a it's a, it's a plus. Um, I'll, I'll say one thing just to kind of go on it. I, that's my money, and I put it on there. I, I, I think you're going to also have Nigel Cardiff will be. A difficult one to predict because, like I say, I think Sheffield United final. It's, it's easy as you know, Cardiff could you know sneak it. It's, midweek games as well, so you know, block 13 may not be as beneficial for the for the Devils or block 19 for the Panthers. It could be a battle battle of the blocks. Um, I think Sheffield, it could be Sheffield's year for the Giants Cup. It's been a long time since Manchester MEM when we beat the Panthers in the final. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I would be very happy for that to happen. So I'm, I'm not complaining. Um, so anybody got anything else to add on Challenge Cup? Are we going to move move forward from there? I'll take the silence as we go to move on. I see some nods. Um, so something a little bit different this week. Um, I think this was Dave's suggestion. Put a bit of a festive spin on um, on the podcast today. Uh, we're going to do his own naughty and nice list, in inverted commas. Um, we're going to pick, I think, four players each to go on the naughty and nice list, did you say? And then we're going to choose one. Three, three things. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, three players each. Three we're players or three list. moments, three things that you put on the nice list or the naughty list. And we'll just go around, we'll just throw it, throw it about and see what the, the MSZ's naughty and nice list will look like. And then what, we'll pick one from each person's three. So we've got four and four. So we've got four on the nicest, four on the naughty list between the four of us. Yes. Sound. That sounds good to me. So Dave, it was your idea, mate. So while I'm thinking, you can start us off. 
So, I, I will do, I'm I'm going to go naughty first. Um, so they said with the premises, it's, it's the whole year. What I'm going to put on the note list: social media use from fans in the last few months needs to be banged on the note list. I think we've mentioned it numerous times. There's been a number of occasions that we discussed off podcast where we could have mentioned again. We've gone no, because it's repeated because it's the same stupidity. It's the same dumbness it's everything get on the naughty list that's for me um my favorite term that's been used a bit more that should definitely go on the naughty list classy the desire for classy fans classy this classy that yeah naughty list because it's just pointless it's again it's, it's another nothingness um it's just people trying to you know the team's lost how do we score points um one my third um just for the note list I'm going to go forums they, they, they just, I think the days come and gone um, you know Twitter and Facebook have taken over discussion of hockey online um, you just now see most forums are run by people with uh, hidden agendas um, especially the one in Sheffield um, and I just yeah get on the note list they don't they deserve a bag of coal there you go. So that's, that's my uh, three uh, entries for the note list. Which one of them three would you guys uh, select? There's one and only one for me that can go on. Well, I, I agree with all three, but there's one and only one that can take the biscuit on that has to be social media use. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Right. So uh, social is, is on the note list. So my nice list. Um, I've got two. Um, I can't think of a third one, but I think these two are going to be close. Um, and um, GB related. Um, Baumser's performance in the World Championships um, was outstanding. Um, made headlines around the world. Um, hijack Hughes. Um, and then um, you can't mention a nice list and World Championships without... Uh, uh, the, the now famous Welshman Ben Davies with that overtime winner against the F word um, certainly uh, one of the highlights of this year for me um, and the celebrations afterwards so as much as I would like to think of third one it's not because there wasn't anything else that's good I just think them two are standouts and discuss amongst them too It's got to be Ben Davies for me. 0-2 winner. Ben Davies sending the French down. Ben Davies for me, although it's it was more Jono for that work ethic to go and fetch the puck to then throw off that French D-man and put it in the slot. So it'd be more Jono for me, but Davies for the goal, yeah, definitely. So, so will we be in, in agreement then? To, so I mean, I agree, I mean, I fully agree with Andy on this. Yeah. So would we be in agreement to just saying, like, if we're going to say the ben, overtime winning goal. The ben Davies overtime goal, but it's, it's just the overtime goal, it's not specifically Ben. Yeah, the Walsh connection. I, I, I agree with Andy, it was, it was, it was all Jonathan, that's, that's, not, that's not our team bias, that's not me saying that because he's a Steelers player, but just that skate and the way he just rocketed back up after he fell was just unreal. When we're all screaming for a penalty, it's like, oh, God, he's passed it. Oh. 
So, uh, yeah, so, um, Gref, over to you. Well, the first one I put on my list for the night list straight away was Davies for the peg slash glove gate. <laughs> for the two instances this season. Are you suggesting for the nicest or not list? This is the night list. Oh. I, I weren't sure what you said. The, um, you must have got a Lenovo connection, mate. But uh, I, <laughs> oh. I'm say I'm with Joe. That could be on either, mate. <laughs> well, I did also put social media, but I put the bad side with what you've seen over the past few weeks or past month or so. And also, one that Joe will laugh at, the term throwing under the bus. Oh, yes. <laughs> and no, I'm not watching Benidorm, but you know, for under the bus, is, for me, that's what I'd pick for. I am... Um, yeah, I'm on, on, under the bus, I think. Yeah. And what are your nice list ones, then, mate? Well, on the nice list, there's... Two that have just been mentioned by Dave. Well, then there's also the good side. Well, the good side of social media that you see sometimes. With you'll see, for example, a few weeks ago there was Jacob Lutowich's mum. Oh yeah, Adam Keith, that one. Uh, Jacob Lutowich's mum giving a, a stick to a fan, and the the fan's face just lit up. He was, I think, he's about seven, eight years old. And then also, where you see uh, the teddy bear tops, you see where that's going. And you think, okay, that is pretty decent. It's really good. I mean, I could have thrown that Joe getting me a goal at the weekend, but I'm sure that'll be on another list. I know I said I'd get you a goal, but I didn't think I'd shoot it off your foot. Goal's a goal. Goal's a goal. Um, I've got to go positive social media on that, to be fair. I mean, I think the thing with um, Adam Keith and what he did for the for the kid that was getting bullied, I think, was... We, we, bang, we banged the drum about the negatives of social media, and, and I think Adam Keith kind of... <sighs> I, I think he shone a light on the fact that there, there are the positives, and it's not all the bad side. You know, we don't discuss the positives as much as we probably should. Um, so for that reason, I'd say positive. I'd go with that. Um, so the Keith example. Um, you also have it when, when it's it's when social media when people come together and, and help someone. Um, there have been many examples of these when you know a loss or tragedy and social media's come together to be there for that person. So yeah, I, I'd go with that um, as as the nice entry. Yeah, same. Um, Andy then, mate, we're over to you. Right. My naughty list has to be... Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to, uh, you know, say it. But a, a, a certain group that uh, myself, Dave and Joe are familiar with... I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not going to name name them, you know. Uh, but just the endless shoot. Tip him. 
Get in front! Oh my, every second arc again <laughs> drives you insane. <laughs> Just the screeching and the noise is like... It's... It's infuriating to listen to. So people shouting shoot on the power play then? We'll, 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 Not we'll just that, but even if it's in, in, our, in our own defensive end and they're still shouting shoot. Oh yeah, shoot from there, co icing. Oh, I, oh. I have to say, personal highlight was hit him into the boards on a guy that was standing pretty much as central ice as you possibly <laughs> could have stood. I thought you were going to mention a different group, but I'm happy. I thought you were going to mention a different group as well. Then what? What we've been? I'm going to label this as shout as the shouting shoot because it's it's that kind of. Thing. There are many I can't people. Label it as indiscriminate. Yeah, that's as that's true. So I'll label it as, as shouting shoot, but yeah. Okay. What else you got for the naughty list? Um. Docs were banning Danny Danny Coutier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> I, I don't have anything else, but no, I think it. I think you guys have covered uh, the majority of. You know, you know, putting Ganyan on there. No. Should be for Ganyan style. <laughs> oh, that video, yes, yeah, that video was atrocious, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah, that has to go on. Mind show. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't go any further than that. <laughs> oh, dear. So what, is it, what have you got in the nice list then, mate? Okay. Um, nice list. You, you know, you guys have already hit a lot of them, that I would have said, but there is one that uh, does stand out for me. And I think as it is, you know, a person... Well, a person and family who were close to all our, all four of our hearts, and that's the support for Vicky Thomas. So I think that's the, that's be the nice list for me. All the, all the fundraising, the uh, the bucket collection in Nottingham. Uh, it it just shows you how you know one sport can come together for one person. That not even for someone that not even one team would know that person. They didn't even know that person, but still were doing the bucket collections. And it, it just shows a lot, and it's it's fantastic to see the sport come together like it did. Nah, I can agree with that one. Yeah, 100%. I don't, to be fair, mate, I don't even think you need to say any others for that. I think, yeah. I think we're all going to say that, to be fair. Yep. I've, got to, I've got to ask a question, Andy. Have you turned into Don Cherry? I haven't. You, you people, no. You, 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 you've heard of the you people a few times. I was wondering where that was going, then. Joseph. Hello. Naughty list. Well, I, I'm guessing Andy's not throwing in any other on his, on his nice list. As I said, we're gonna, he's going he's gonna to be the, the one that he's just said, but I'm guessing yeah. he's going to be the um, So... We'll start with Naughty again. Um, firstly, it has to be the use of the phrase careless. Uh, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's not reckless. 
obvious like that one. Has to be. Has to be, has to be the use of the word careless. Um, secondly, it has to be the way that fan bases as a whole are changing in attitude. From the time when you could go to a game, go to the pub afterwards, and playoffs, fans from every team there, go to the pub, everybody having a, you know, having a great time and everybody mixed together. And then you hear a, a story like, oh, Steelers have gone to play in Manchester and a Manchester fan has chucked his pint all over a family. What a waste. What a waste. Do that? That's a what big a waste. So uh, it's going to have to be throwing, I'm going to label it as throwing pint, but I, I just think generally, I just think fan conduct as a whole, whether it's on social media or whatever, you know, it, it's just taking a bit of a decline. Would that be deemed as throwing your pint under the seat? Instead of under the bus. Well, that's Salzburg edition. <laughs> oh, God. Salzburg edition. <laughs> I like that, Andy. Now, that's one for Stafford Stories. <laughs> definitely. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, let's have that one for Stafford Stories. Love it's it. It's a very short one. But funny nonetheless. Um, I'm trying to think of a third, to be fair. Oh, this is my third. And I, I, I suspect that this might be the one that you pick. It was the referee's fault. Yeah, yeah you've got Thank my you the referees. Oh, he didn't call that. Do you know what? The After the Danik Gautier man, there were more people interested. He's my bail, on, though. It, I, no, I am doing There were more people interested in whether the referee was being disciplined for not making a, a call, then there were people that were interested as to whether it was the right or the wrong bat. Why does that matter? It's gone. The decisions to be made, leave it. It's or the like same as Steelers, Steelers Cardiff game. Or oh, the referees were rubbish. Blah, blah, blah. Tagging referees on things. Just yeah, it really winds me up. It's the same as Grand when... Grand it's when you post the referees, oh, I might as well give them the points now. It's, just, it's, e- on that, it's on that par, isn't it? Every single week, every single week, there's, on like the Steelers pages and things like that, there's a screenshot of all the referees and officials from that game, and there's guaranteed every week somebody that turns around and goes, well, we might as well not turn up. Well, I, I think I actually commented it a couple of weeks ago. Is there a referee that we could get that wouldn't have that response? And nobody could say anything. So, yeah, definitely. Blaming referees is my third. I'd pick that one. Yep. So, we'll join that. Uh, and then the nice list. It's difficult, to be fair, because you guys have kind of picked a lot of, of what I was going to say. Um, I'm going to say, for a start, and, and it's something that I actually have added to the agenda as something that we haven't spoken about, and it's something that I was going to just bring up towards the end. Um, Luke Ferrara is currently the top goal scorer in the Elite League which is just something that is un, unheard of up to this point as a guy who was let go from the Steelers. He's joined with Joey Haddad, I believe. 
But Luke Ferrara, and I'm, I'm on the page now, he's joined with Joey Haddad, 16 goals in 24 games Ferrara scored. So that's going on my nice list as a guy who, you know, realistically was a, was a younger Brit coming in through the Steelers' ranks at first. He was let go because we couldn't give him in a nice time. Um, so to be going out now and, and putting up the goals as he is, he's, he's going on my list. Um my second, just for the fact that he's given us a lot of viewing um, pleasure, shall we say, in the saves of the week column, uh, is Adam Morrison. Because I think he's come in this season and his highlight reel just from this season alone, just from the few weeks that we've had so far, has been pretty spectacular. Um, always nice to see, um, particularly when it's a goalie that nobody really knows and he comes in. I think to see the effect that he's had and the amount of saves that he's made that have been top colour, but we'll pop him on the list as well. Uh, and the third, maybe slightly more controversial, we seem to be having a bit of an uplift in, uh, in fights this year, and I'm kind of liking it. <laughs> Everybody likes a bit of old school hockey. Everybody likes a bit of uh, the, drop, the gloves being dropped. And I think... Um, I think the league put so much focus on the need to call every single little slash that there were hits and things that were getting missed. And um, I think we've seen an influx in fights this year, which has been quite nice. You've seen it in the NHL as well, to be fair. It's not just the elite league. It's been quite worldwide that it seems to have happened. But we seem to be seeing more fights, and I like it. So that's my third. Is that, as I say, that's the content you live for? (laughs) Yeah. That'd be I'd, I'd go Ferrara um, for me. A Brit being at the, at the uh, top of the uh, the pile for goals, it's uh, it's unheard of. Um, so I, I'd go with that one for my vote. See, I, I want to, I would pick that one, but I'm going to go the controversial route and pick the fights. It's the reason. I think the reason why in like the night is that I got into hockey, so. Yeah. Why not go back to the roots? Good, good luck go back to your roots, mate. You need hair for that. Hey! I'm too sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's tough because I, I like both. Uh, but most important one for me right now is seeing more British players at the top of that table, so we have to go for Ferrara. So. So, scores on the doors. On our naughty and nice list, we have naughty list, social media, throwing under the bus, shouting shoot, shoot, and blaming referees. I th- I've got to say, gents, I think we've hit the nail on the head with those four there. I think they are like spot on. Um, and the nice list, we have. The overtime goal for GB against France. Positive social media. Vicky Thomas support. And Luke Ferrara leading the table in goals. Oh yeah, there are your 2019 My Fancy Zamboni podcast naughty and nice list. Uh, and from that, we'll move on to what I'm pretty sure a lot of us would probably end up putting on the naughty list. 
I don't want to say it because I feel like as soon as I say it, somebody's just going to jump out at me and share his recent results. Um, Paul Thompson has been let go by his team in Germany that I don't want to pronounce. Was it Schwenninger? Yeah. Well oh, done, Joseph. Thank you very much. Thank you. I've been practicing. Um, it's not the last name. You got lucker. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm not here tonight. Yeah, I'm just going to, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to pass it on to you guys, and then I'm going to go. You mean Schwenninger Wild Wings? Yeah, to be fair, Greth, it wasn't the Wild Wings, it was was the part that was difficult. (laughs) I mean, I was just making sure everything was there correctly. Having formed teeth, the, the W sound isn't too difficult a sound to make, so it may be a bit more of an well, issue for yourself. Considering I just said it, I mean... What's for you tonight, Gref? Absolutely. Spicy, spicy tonight. Spicy. Yeah, Christmas time coming up. New Year, new Gref. Jokes. No. <laughs> Jokes. I'm sorry, can I put that on the board? <laughs> go for it, go for it. Oh dear. I know what your New Year do. You've just said. named episode 53 New Year New Gress. But you know, jokes. jokes. We'll put that, that, that jokes, don't worry. Sierra Gref, no. Paul Thompson. Yeah, GB. GB guy. Was once a coach for you guys? And then, apparently, they threw, pe- threw people under the bus. People that everybody wanted to be, getting, to be sacked, but then he got rid of them and they were under the bus. Yes. <laughs> Out of the revolving door. And many more. Ooh, you made a poem. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the last few games that Schwenninger have played and it pretty much goes loss, 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 win. Loss, 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 win. Well, then it, one of the games that they won against, it was Iceburn Berlin. And you're thinking, one minute, I, they've actually beat Berlin, one of the top teams in that league. And then you see the lose Four one six three six four three nil. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No wonder. I mean, this is probably their second season where they've actually they're actually at the bottom of the league. He, he took over. They were at the bottom of the league. He brought them up a little bit, and then they're just going back down. Who knows? Maybe he got a Nottingham next. Is his term in Germany deemed a failure? Yes. Coach's position is all about results. Um, but a GB guy's got out of his comfort zone to test himself in one of the top leagues in the world. And I think some fans who've laughed at the dismissal of Paul Thompson need to realise that. And I can probably guarantee, without knowing the person's success, but I'd say 95% guarantee that none of these will have pushed themselves out, gone to a foreign country to test themselves in their own field and, and, uh, and their trade. He, he's pushed himself out of the comfort zone. And I just get 
we just dragged the past back. Let's just talk about 12, 15 months ago. Let's just talk about what happened a year ago. No, the guy's lost a job in the DEL. No to do with the UK UK League, the DEL. Probably say the fifth fifth top league in the world. We we see in the pubs and on the podcast where Brits have never gone out of the UK, gone out of that protective bubble to push themselves. Um, you see players may have one or two years. Um, O'Connor, for example, has gone abroad a number of times. Uh, Dave Phillips had a couple of years in North America. And you, Colin Shields did it. But you don't see many of British hockey people go out and spend long time out of the, the British leagues. Paul Thompson has. But yet, we, you know, and he's, yeah, it's a failure, but we're going to just, you know, laugh and be happy that someone's lost a job. You know, we mentioned the naughty list, and I think you've just got one of the classic examples there. And I think some folks should, you know, it's just irritating that we're going to, oh, let's laugh at a bloke losing a job. Sorry, now. Doesn't affect anybody in the UK at the moment because he's not um, the coach of the teams. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up uh, somewhere just to keep his finger on the pulse for, until next season. But a guy puts himself out there, out of his comfort zone, probably needs to, well, certainly needs to learn a new language to try and coach in one of the top leagues. No shame in that for me. It's probably five or six people from the uh, army group not showing off to this. But, yeah, just, I don't understand why people are, you know, making praise like he's been sacked or this and this. Well, he's actually a massive feat for a British coach. I mean, how often do you see this happen? So, you know, just give him the credit that he's tried it. Okay, it's not worked out. But he was given the chance, he rose to it, and he did, he did the best that he can. I mean, it's not like he was getting, his team were absolutely getting pummeled every night because they were actually, in the scheme of things, pretty close games. They just didn't have the, I don't think the sort of, level of players that the other teams have. I mean, like, look at Munich and Berlin and imagine how much money that they'll have and all the experienced players that they've got compared to Schwenninger, who obviously is a smaller town. Uh, they've only been in the DEL uh, five or six years and the rest have been in for more than that. So, you know, it all adds up. When you look at their points, uh, goals against and goals for, it's actually not that different from teams above them. I mean, okay, they're on 99 goals against, but Krefeld are on 12, 97 goals against. Look at Ingolstadt, fifth place, 86 goals against. So there's teams above them that have got slightly less or average goals for and against, who have just you know done better points wise, but there's not a massive gap there. And it's a tough league to play in. A very tough league. So I think he's actually done the best that he can. And done well for showing what Britain can do in terms of coaching. And I think there'll be lots more that will follow in his footsteps. The big thing that irritates me about this is, like, put two scenarios out there. Start of the season, Robert Farmer signs 
short-term contract for a DEL2 team. British hockey fans, brilliant. Another British player outplayed in Europe. Fantastic. Great news. Paul Thompson, British coach, goes to coach for a DEL team and the only comments that he can get are, ha, 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 they're the bottom of the league. Oh, yeah, he's going to be sat within it in no time. He's coaching in the DEL. Not the DEL two. Not some, like, poxy league that nobody cares about. The DEL. That just, it really, really baffles me. It really, really does. Um, it's just been boring. And then you, you say it's boring and you get accused of being a disciple or a follower or something like that. But why are we, why are we, like, it's been months where we've had to see, like, randomly Steelers fans are shouting about the fact that, oh, they've lost again. I don't care. I don't, I don't see this fixation. He's not part of our club anymore. It was two, sorry, go. two coaches since. Mm. And like you, you, you've, for me, you've hit the what's obsession? He, he you know? was getting pathetic before he was let go by the Steelers. It was getting to that much of a pathetic scale. And when a guy's stepping away from a club, so he wasn't let go, but when a guy's stepping away from a club because of the social media influence and because... You know, he's seeing what people are saying online. That's when that's gone too far. When it when it's then carried on, as as you say, when two coaches have gone. Sorry, when there's been two coaches since we've had Barrasso. Barrasso's gone. We've got Fox. Oh, look at Thompson. He's losing in the DL. What? Why do I care? What's what? Why does that have any bearing on us? It really, it really baffles me. I hope he does sign for an elite team, and I hope that they they do something. Just, just to shove it right up, all these people that have this fixation on it. And I'll guarantee you, if he was just watching a game, not one of them would discuss any of their opinions in a proper manner to him. Guarantee you that. Yeah. And also, one thing I'll throw in as well is, is actually is how he brought on and encouraged the use of the British players compared to Barrasso, and no disrespect to him, but compared to Fox. You know, he pushed Kirk. Yes, a lot of development was done beforehand, so I'm not saying he developed Kirk, but at the next level, he was there pushing him. He started with Kieran Brown. Paul Shudra. He was the he was the one that wanted to make apprenticeship signings. So, I'm, I'm, it's it's embarrassing. I think the people carrying on about it, banging on about it, making fun about it, it's an embarrassment. Yeah. And I think it's it's summarised by the fact that there's then some kind of humour and celebration taken from the fact that somebody's lost the job. And I just think I, I think I just wonder how much lower you can sink. Would these people who have laughed about him losing his job, and I, okay, time-wise, close Christmas, would they be happy if people laughed, if they'd lost their own jobs before Christmas, when they've got support people? And I hope it doesn't happen, don't get me wrong. But if the tables were turned, would they be happy that people smoked and giggled and, and take joy out of it? No. Because you don't do that. Don't, you know, don't so get me wrong. 
It's not about being a snowflake or anything. It's just decent, being a decent human being. Don't get me wrong. I know that hockey's a results-based industry. We can sh- we can say it until we're blue in the face. Yes, you're a coach. Yes, people pay their money to see a game. They want to see their team win, blah, blah, blah. That's the reason that coaches are let go. Nobody's arguing that. And if you wanted to voice your opinion that he should have gone when he was at the Steelers, the scale it got to in my mind was a bit pathetic. But if you want to turn around and say, we should get rid of him because we're not winning, fair enough. No issues. You pay your hard-earned money every week to go to a game, fine. A, entitled to your opinion, as much as we'll smirk and laugh at that phrase. A, you are entitled to that. You pay your money. And if you're thinking, why am I paying this money? This is getting boring. Then, yeah, if you're questioning that, fair enough. So at that point, no issues with with people saying, oh, he should go. As I say, the scale was ridiculous that he got to. But if you want to say that, fine. But then when he's left, and it's got absolutely zero to do with us, I'm not paying my money and going, oh, this game's boring, let's get rid of Tomo. Tomo's nothing to do with us anymore. And I, I, I just think that that's just the summer. Like I say that just it just brings it all to a head that people are actually turning around and celebrating and laughing and making jokes about the fact that ultimately a bloke with a family and kids has lost his job over, you know, over over essentially what could have been a big big step forward. What, what was in my mind a big step forward for British hockey. Nice. Any British coach coaching in a, in the DEL is a big achievement. Still is, yeah, and will and will and will be a bit of a trailblazer in for years to come. You know, Pete Russell's in DL two. I know he's not a British per se, but Corey Nielsen's in DL two, and the next batch that come through, they now have people who they've seen have done it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's true, but well, I think unless anybody's got anything else to add, I think. We've, we we could go, we could go on, but I think we probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. Um, so the next thing on my agenda is Tucker Tynan, um, goalie for the Niagara Ice Dogs in a game against the London Knights. Um, two players crashed his crease. Um, Tynan went over, kind of bent over, doubled over. Um, and then you could just see a pool of blood essentially forming where he was laying, and it, I think he got was it the slash that well was the blade to the top of his leg was it cut to the top of his leg did they say I can't remember yeah laceration so um, it's always worth mentioning it's always worth you know looking at it, it shows that the negatives of the sport it shows that. You know, we, we we're there. We we might we might argue. We might say, "Oh, goalie's fair game when he's out of his crease." We might, you know, it's it's the usual tip for tap you get in hockey fans. But the one thing that everybody can agree on is that type of injury is is pretty horrendous to see. Uh, and the last time that I saw anything like that was was Clint Malachuk, and that was to the throat. So the only thing I guess the positive to take from it was it, it wasn't that severe. Um, I think they say Tucker Time is now out, out and about on crushes. Is that right? Yeah, he's out of hospital, yeah. But 
just a bit of a sobering reality at times, isn't it? When you see that kind of thing, you, you know, you go a week in, week out, watch the sport, and a player will make a bad hit, a player might take a high stick in the face and go down, or you know, you see those kind of injuries, but it just kind of brings it to more of a reality that it could be worse. Than it, so. it, it's it's one of the hazards of the profession of being a goalie, um, and yeah, uh, I, I've not seen the actual video yet. Um, I, 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 I know Andy, Andy's mentioned it and, and kind of said what's happened, so I'll, I'll stick to that. Um, but the main thing, as we've, we've already said, he's out of hospital, he's okay, he's on the road to recovery. Um, and yeah, you know, these are things that can happen and no one plans, no one designs them. Um, it's just, you know, the main thing is he's on the right road to recovery. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was it was horrible to watch. Absolutely horrible. Uh, can't imagine what it's like for, especially someone that age, just of 17 years old. You know, to have, to have to go through that. Just, just, just no warning. Just all of a sudden, just you know, it, it's unimaginable. It's horrible, but I'm I'm really really glad that you know it's not as serious as thought. He's had emergency surgery and and, and he's out and about and he's he's getting there. It, He's on the road to recovery right now, and uh, he's got to feel sorry for Hunter Skinner, the uh, player who collided with him as well, because I mean, he was he must have been an absolute piece when he found out what, when he saw what happened. Uh, from anyone watching the stands, being on the ice, teammates, it, it's a horrible thing to watch. And uh, I heard a lot of players had to have some sort of counselling after that game to you know to try and. For them to sort of uh, come to grips, come to terms with with it, and uh, um, move on and, and things like that. But it's great to see that he's he's seems to be on the mend, uh, and I think this has prompted some sort of design change to pads through designers. I think, or, or that's what I've heard somewhere that there will be some, there will be taking a review of goalie pads and try and change them in some way so that uh, this doesn't happen again in the future. Um, fair play to the, the the emergency staff as well as the on ice trainers and as such for actually just getting there as quickly as possible. I mean, if they didn't get there as quickly as they did, he could possibly be either looking at losing that leg or maybe even losing too much blood. So fair play to them. They did. I think we could all say they've done a terrific job there yeah absolutely it's uh, never a nice one to see it surprised me when I saw it as I say it's been years since that it happened to Malachuk so that's you know, not, yeah not not nice to see happening again but yeah 100% that's what I read was that the emergency staff were really really good at getting it resolved and, and mitigating the issue I guess as much as possible obviously trying to get him the, the medical attention he needed ASAP. So, fair play to that. Um, the other, keeping it on on a more negative note, just for the time being, is Oscar Lindblom um, of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, has, well, he's been diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, which is a, a type of cancer that occurs in bones or in the soft tissue around the bones. Um 
the hockey world really well the NHL hockey world at least has really stepped up in terms of a response to it but again it's, it's just one of those things that you know I, I, I don't know I, I think I think the recognition is is good to see across the NHL um, you know all we can say is that you know best to to Oscar you know we can you know hope that he can fight it I think it's a it's a rare form of cancer um, so yeah just uh, again uh, another one out of the blue that's not nice to see uh, very much so. I know he, he he does the number on it uh, and comes back uh, playing the game uh, like loves. I know the um, the Swedish national side have done something in or I saw that they were doing something in, in recognition of supporting sort of um, maybe cancer research in Sweden on the back of um, this. So you know a lot of good will come out of it. The main good thing we all hope is that Oscar beats it, um, but definitely yeah. Um, I wish, well, obviously, you know, wish people like that in that scenario all the best. Again, just another young guy, 23 years old. Uh, just no words, is it really? I mean, it's his first first pro NHL season, and 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 to get news like this must just be absolutely devastating. Uh, so, just wish him all, all the best. No, hope he fights uh, and comes back stronger. Yeah, at such a young age, it's not something you'd wish on anyone. So, yeah, hopefully he does beat it, comes back playing the game he loves. I'm sure once he steps back in that in that rink, Gritty will give him a big hug. I'm sure he'll get a lot of high fives as well from everyone there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll move on from that, move back to, um, well, before we move back domestically, actually, there's one other thing while we're on the NHL that I'd like to say, it's more of a positive note. Um, Andrei Svechnikov has um, done it again, quite literally done it again. Um, so earlier on in the season, Svechnikov became the first player in NHL history to pull off the lacrosse goal or the Michigan goal um, behind the net, um, lifting the puck up on, on the stick and, and slotting it in over the goalie's shoulder. Um, and it, as I say, he has literally done it again, which is just unreal. <laughs> unreal. I think this time it was against Calgary, I think. Is that right? I yes, think. I think well, yeah. But yeah, just if, if you've got that skill set, it's 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 great to watch when you've seen it enough times where they've tried or players have tried pulling it off and it fail, but when it's pulled off and it's successful, it is some it's a great piece of skill. Um, and, and as much as we all like the rough stuff, um, you have to tip your cap off uh, by the skill that uh, that he, uh, he achieved. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, one guy that actually did it was Aaron Fox. Really. Yeah, there's a there's a video. I'll um, I'll send it to you guys later. But there's a video doing the rounds of. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll tweet it. I'll try to find it. I will tweet it on the um, on the podcast Twitter as well. But uh, yeah, I'm sure Aaron Fox did it in. Um, I don't know what league it was in, but there's a video of him doing the lacrosse call. Ah. Oh. 
What was everybody's reaction when they saw it though? I was um, I was baffled. I, I thought I was I thought I was just watching the same video. My first reaction was again, oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe he's done it twice. I mean, imagine what he'd be like playing the cross. Yeah, he would. Imagine how good he'd be at that. He's in the wrong spot in some in some way. Have you seen the video of Paul Bizzinet? Um, I was just about to mention, yeah. Absolute quality. If you've not seen that, go and uh, go and find that on. I can't remember what team it was. Was it the LA lacrosse team? I thought it was Vancouver. Yes, it was. Yeah, sorry, Vancouver Warriors. It was. Um, yeah, Vancouver Warriors tweeted a video of uh, when Paul Bissonnette went to train with them, and it's, uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, well, moving on from that, we've got, we've got predictions. We'll go back to domestic. Um, got a few predictions. I think we discussed it next Thursday's Boxing Day, so we're not going to be doing a podcast next Thursday. Um, and I think we, we tallied it up. It was close to 30 games. If we were to do predictions now for all of the games between when we next anticipate there to be a podcast. So um, what we're going to do is we'll do as usual. We'll do a week's worth. So we'll do the weekend games. We'll do Boxing Day and we'll do the 27th because there's only one game on the 27th. What we'll then do is we will bang heads together. Um, get our predictions together and we'll put them out on social media. So we'll tweet and we'll put on Facebook our predictions. So we still get those out, uh, but we're not going to sit here for an hour talking about predictions for 30 games. Um, so we'll start on, on, on Saturday the 21st. We've got Guildford Coventry. We'll go our usual order. So we'll go Andy, Greff, Dave, and then myself. Guildford. Yeah, Guildford. Apologies, the, the line broke up. Uh, could you repeat the fixture, please? Yeah, Guildford commentary, mate. Thank you very much. Guildford. Full house with Guildford on that one. Um, Sheffield, Glasgow in Sheffield. Kind of a, pre, a prelude to the, uh, the, the uh, Challenge Cup. Sheffield. Yeah, Sheffield. Sheffield. I'll go with Sheffield on that one as well. Uh, Nottingham, Dundee in Nottingham. 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 For me as well. Uh, Manchester, Fife in Manchester. Fife. Sorry, Graham. On our Star Wars night as well. So Manchester. Sorry, Gref, I'm going five. Sorry, Gref, but I'm going five. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Belfast, Cardiff in Belfast. Cardiff. Cardiff, but Belfast, I'll actually score one. <laughs> Go to the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> no, save for the 54th minute. Um, I'm going to go Belfast. I'm, uh, I'm with you on that one, Dave. I was going to say Belfast. I can't see a team getting shut out t- or, uh, like twice in 120 minutes and then 
not coming back with an answer. Exactly. Um, Sunday 22nd, we've got Glasgow, Sheffield again. This time it's in Glasgow. Glasgow. I'm going to say Sheffield again. Time to bring out a classic. Uh, Glasgow in overtime. I've written OT. It's very small. <laughs> I'm not actually sure. I'm going to go Glasgow though. Uh, Dundee, Nottingham in Dundee. Nottingham. Yeah, Nottingham. Dundee. I'm going to go Nottingham on that one as well. Um, Coventry, Guildford in Coventry. Guildford. I'm going to say Coventry. Guildford. Ref, I'm with you. I'm going to say Coventry. Uh, Cardiff, Manchester in Cardiff. 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 Oh, man. Um, Cardiff. <laughs> um, Fife, Belfast in Fife. Belfast. Belfast. Fife. Yeah, I'm going to go five as well. Uh, Boxing Day, 26th, Sheffield, Manchester in Sheffield. Sheffield. Manchester. We're going to have to have a minute with the shock of that one. Um, Yeah, Sheffield. Then we go Manchester. Oh, hold on, it's in Sheffield, isn't it? No, scratch that. Yeah. Sheffield. For some reason, I've got in my head that we were on about the one in Manchester. Forget that. Yeah, Sheffield for me on that one. Uh, Nottingham, Coventry in Nottingham. 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 Uh, Guildford, Cardiff in Guildford. Cardiff. Cardiff. Guildford. Guildford for me as well. Dundee, Fife in Dundee. Fife. Dundee. Fife. Last game, Friday 27th, uh, Belfast, Glasgow in Belfast. I think that is one. Belfast. Yeah, Belfast. Belfast. Four hours to end on the predictions. I've got Belfast as well. Um, so that's the end of predictions, which means we have one item left on the agenda before we bid you a Merry Christmas. Um, Andy, it's over to you, mate. Staff of stories. Thank you. Before I start my actual story, I have some news. Remember the uh, Netflix series I was, I was on about at uh, Sheffield? Yeah. Um, okay, apparently uh, it's not going to be called I Sheffield for this Netflix series. It's going to be called... Um, it's a Scandinavian name, so I've immediately forgot it already. Just give me one second. <laughs> well, it's not going to be the IKEA Arena, is it? 
No, not quite. Uh, the Hammerstrom Arena. And it's team. Nice arena, Sheffield. It does, and the team are going to be called the Hammers. So it's going to be the Hammerstrom Hammers. And um, some of the play purple. <laughs> no, it's like a blue and yellow and red, like like Guildford colours. Uh, blue, and yellow, red. Blue, yellow, red. Yeah, like a navy blue. Uh, they're going to have like um, coaching by Ronan Ronan Kolshudra. Uh, some of the uh, cast was in that, and they've also installed uh, like a sort of press box, you not know, like the um, uh, football has, where if they've got FA Cup games, they've got the like little studios, proper studios. Oh yeah. Well, built one on the side of the uh, small small pad on there, so it's it's looking very very strange at the minute. Um, so that's the latest on that. My story, I I think yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Salzburg um, pint pint thingy competition and save my Belfast story for another time. Salzburg village. Yes. So um. It was very convenient for us having a bar literally five, ten feet away from us. So that was absolute plus. So you can imagine being so close to us. Can you imagine it being definitely exactly, a nice list. Exactly. So you can imagine it being, um, you know, some sort of accident waiting to happen. But for, uh, well, amazingly, it was nothing to do with us. <laughs> uh, so we were mere spectators. We were, yeah. We, we, were, innocent. Yeah. we were innocent for once. So basically, there's all of us. I think we're a bit spread out. Uh, it's quite a long sort of um, slim, slim block at the top. Uh, it's, it's in Salzburg for the Champions Hockey League. Well, last time we were in it, uh, three years ago. Uh, and basically. Someone had a tray of uh, pints from the bar, and, and they're walking down the steps, and I think he sort of tripped or he slipped. I think somebody bumped into him. I think, I think that's uh, right. Right. So yeah, the the tray and the beers just went flying, and then a couple of rows um, in front of us, uh, the beer just landed on someone. Uh, well, him and his wife, I believe, and um, he just got up and he. He turned towards us, and he just stared him out. His face was bright red. Uh, his eyes were red as well. He, he he just his face just lit up, and I thought, right, we better move here because it's going to be a right a right brawl here. But, um, yeah, there wasn't. But oh, wow, it's, it was it was just it it was quite a sight to see. It was like the world's worst Mexican standoff on steroids, weren't it? Yeah, it what well, it was, yeah. He got hold of him, though. He had hold of him. He did, yeah. He just didn't want money for it. He was, like, <laughs> rubbing his fingers together, gesturing, like, for money. It was, like, just... <laughs> it, was a, it was an amazing thing to be able to spectate. It was just hilarious. It was, you could just see this thing building up. And it, because, it, because it happened, because the guy got bumped into him, that was the only reason that I remember that that was what happened, was because I saw him get bumped into him. And I was standing there thinking, it's not even his fault. <laughs> It's, he's got his guy getting older and telling him what he didn't even do it. <laughs> oh, gosh. I feel you. 
Well, oh, I forgot about that. That was amazing. <laughs> them, them bars in Salzburg behind, behind the away end. A lot to answer for. Yeah. They are was. Some good Irish bars, though. Yeah. Yeah. If only Salzburg's a nice place to go to if you fancy in a city break, if you listen to this podcast. It is. And visit Old and, uh, and Jamrock. Two very nice bars to, uh, to frequent. Agreed. There's a <laughs> lot to do as well. The, the, the sites there are incredible. There's, there's so much. Yes, there is. There is. I do, do recommend it. And I said, sponsored by TripAdvisor. <laughs> Brilliant. Can't argue with that. Not at all. Yeah, I feel like we need a, a My Fancy Zamboni away trip where we. This episode is brought to you by Expedia. <laughs> Other travel agents, online and offline, are available. We'd just like to say now we are not affiliated with any travel agencies. <laughs> and <I'm... laughs> right, well, I think, gents, to be fair, that's the last thing that I've got on my agenda. So does anybody have anything else to add, or are we, are we good on that? I'm going to throw one in. Um... For those who may not be aware, last weekend was the uh, Olympic qualifiers um, and a round of them was held in Barcelona, uh, that hotbed of hockey. Um, the final game of the group stage, um, Spain-Holland, winner goes through. Um, the game got cancelled. The ice melted. <laughs> uh, after the first period, the ice melted. Uh, they couldn't play on. Uh, it was goalless. So uh, January the 8th, I believe is they'll play a one-off game, Spain versus Holland, and the winner will go through to the second round of qualifiers. Um, I think if Spain win, they go to Slovenia. If Holland win, they end up going to uh, Kazakhstan. Um, so yeah, melted ice in Spain. Who'd have thought? Be a bit of a kick in the teeth for uh, Holland, well Netherlands, when they got go back. If they lose, that is. Good old man, Ronald Wern. He was. He played as well. Did he? Yeah. Uh, that, 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 now there's a story, Ronald Wern. That's a story for another podcast. No, it's not. Um, so moving on. It's a polite one, actually. It is a polite one. Fair play. Oh, this is what we forgot. Is that Romania? I've joined our group. Yes, we're making it qualified, yeah. Qualifiers, yep. So they join, so they join us, GB, us at GB. They join, uh, we're also playing Estonia, is it, and Hungary? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So GB play Romania on the Thursday, Estonia on the Saturday, and theoretically winner takes all against Hungary on the Sunday. Ooh, interesting. How's Robert Farmer doing? I have to mention this. I've got the um, I've got the Islanders Bruins game on in the background, and one of the Islanders players has just tried to bat a puck out of midair and ended up just two-handing a guy across the head. Not like particularly hard, but do you know like you get those you get that player reaction whenever the penalty's called and you turn on to the referee and go what? And this player like literally battered him across the head and then turned around and went what? Like, it, it reminds me of the video of. of, of Pelletier taker and the guy's complaining and complaining. He sits down in the box and he watches the, the replay of the jumbotron and his reactions of, 
Yeah, yeah, that was a penalty. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So, right, I have one last question for you all. I'll spring this on you. Devious. It's the end of 2019. Um, this will be the last podcast of the year. We're not doing one next week. So, I want to know what your year highlight is domestically. So I'm not included in that. Cause if it, it was, if it was not domestically, pretty sure everybody's would be the Ben Davies over Sam Cole. It's true. Domestically. Can I ask a question just for the clarification? When you yep. say domestically, can it be people domestically but abroad? No. Shame. Why? Because I'd have, I'd have had um, grass spelling of apartment as my highlight of 2019. <laughs> Now, domestically is in specifically within the Elite League. Can you tell I've thrown this on you all? Like, like... You've, thrown, you've thrown us under the bus for this one. Yeah. I also don't have one, by the way, so... So you're asking us to answer so you can kind of... Uh... Oh, that one. Um... Yeah, I just feel like it'd be a good way to round off the last podcast of the year. No, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of wish I'd had the foresight to think about this and, and mention it beforehand. However, I didn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the elite league teams' performances in Europe, as much as domestic, and we've had a number of good things, you know. Coventry denying Cardiff the three-peat, the, chart, the playoff final, which was decent. Um, I just feel the performances from the domestic teams in um, the Conti Cup and the CHL, as much as the CHL didn't get any um, progression into the, the knockout stage, uh, a number of good wins. You know, Belfast's first ever game in the CHL, uh, pretty decent uh, win against Liberec. I'd, you know, they're one of the one of the highlights for me. Um, was the, the teams waving the British flag uh, in continental action? See, I would have said BHF getting fourth, but then you said it had to be Elite League. That's why I didn't mention it, mate, because that is like the highlight of 2019. Obviously. Ofs. Although, I probably say. At least I probably say mentioned totes. <laughs> I will leave that for Stafford. <laughs> I probably say how close the season ended at the end of last, of last season's with Belfast winning it while celebrating in a hotel for their awards night, and then you had the close game with. Ourselves in Coventry and who got the last playoff spot. I promise you that's spot, probably by the way, Chris. Certainly wasn't us. Just checking. We were on the golf course. That probably would have been mine uh, to a point, but I think for me it's got to be the calibre of signings. I mean, yeah, Patrick Dwyer. Uh, Carbone uh, left at the end of last season, but then in comes, you know, Liam Redox, ex- extensive uh, ex- experience in, in the SHL. 
one of the best players in, in, in Sweden as an import. And yeah, um, Martin St. Pierre came in, good experience, but just didn't fit into what Steelers were. But look at his resume and, and the teams that he's played on. It's it's just great to see the, the amount of, of experienced players coming into this league, which you know, five years ago you just would not have had. So it's great to see that. To be fair, I think I, I think mine's got to be kind of on, on a similar line to you guys, really. I mean, it's, but it's the proximity in the league this year so far. I, I think every year up until this point, we've always had a team who, oh no, when did MK drop out? Was it last year they dropped out this year? Last year. Last year. So what, they weren't in the league last year? Well, they were. They were, weren't they? They were, yeah. They were. Yeah, yeah. So right, I'm getting myself on the look now. I, I think it's got to be the problem. I mean, every every year for a long time, you've had a, a, a team by this point who was absolutely down and out 20 points below everybody else, just, you know, game over. Yes, Dundee is currently bottom of the league. But, can we, I, I just, I, I can't think of a time when we've seen proximity in the league quite like this. Like, your first your first place team is the Steelers on 32 points currently, 26 games. You've got five, 25 games, 22 points. It's 10 points separating first and eighth. That's baffling. That you know, that's that's five games. As I say, your highest point percentage in the league currently is sixty eight percent. Like it, it it quite literally is. You could go into any game and anybody could take the points. It's it's been seen so many times this season. So yeah, I, that, that is that's mine to be fair. Um, highlights so, there, guys. Good highlights. Well done, guys. I sprung that one on you. Um, yeah, unless anybody's got anything else to add, I think we're, I think we're done. I think that's the end of episode 53. Um, as you say, last, obviously, regardless of whether we did another one next week, last episode before Christmas. So a big Merry Christmas to everybody listening from everybody um, here. Um and yeah, happy new year, because we're not going to be doing one next week, because there's no chance we're going to be recording on, uh, on Boxing Day. So uh, yeah, bring an end to 2019, and uh, see what 2020 brings. So, Dave, thank you very much. Have a good Christmas, have a good new year. Thank you very much as well. Uh, thank you to Gref and Andy. And to the listeners, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hope you have a great one with your families. Uh, enjoy your hockey wherever you watch it. Great. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that jazz. Thank you, Joe. Happy, have a wonderful Christmas and a good New Year. I'm sure you will. And also to, uh, to Dave and to Stafford and to also the, the listeners out there. And Andy, last but not least, again, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Have a good New Year. Thank you very much, Joe. And to you too. Same to Griff and Dave. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I'm not going to say it in English. I'm going to say it in French since we knocked them out. 
uh, and sent them to Division 1A. So, to everyone listening, uh, Joyeux Noël, uh, a, uh, un, uh, Joyeux uh, la Day Nouvelle. Très bon, très bon, très Merci. bon. Merci. Glory for Switzerland. I am. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Feliz Navidad for all those Spanish listeners whose ice has melted. Um, okay. uh, yeah, but no, thank you to everyone listening again. Um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, carry on bringing my fancy Ambonian podcast throughout the new year. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening to episode 53. Merry Christmas.